Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. This needs no introduction. He's way too inconsistent this year. Shotgun snap is back to Mayfield. He fires to the right. Pass is intercepted. Tucker has it. I think he let him play out his fifth year, which is unfortunate for him. But this was a step back season. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. What do you do if you're the Cleveland Browns? Earlier on the show. Host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. NFL Network analyst, Daniel Jeremiah. Still to come. Fox Sports College Football Analyst, Bruce Feldman. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Well, hey, everybody. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. And the way that we just finished hour two on Peacock. Are we still on Peacock? Are we still <laughs> on? We're, we're still, still on? Connected. Well, we appreciate our relationship with them immensely. Yeah, we won't lose it. Well, we're promoting the Chargers Raiders game on NBC like crazy. I mean, that's for sure. No doubt. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Here in hour number three, we've got tons of time for your phone calls. Uh, we've already talked to... Um, our friends Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk on NBC and NBC Sports on Peacock, and also Daniel Jeremiah, my colleague from the NFL Media Group. If you missed any of that, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Also, of course, my take, if you will, as they say in the business, on uh, a voter for the Pro Football, uh, the NFL um, MVP award, saying he's not going to vote for Rodgers because uh, of the way that Rodgers has conducted himself off the field. Not just with his stance on vaccination and so on and so forth, but during the offseason when he was holding his, his services. Which is nuts. There's no other way to put it. And um, so there's that. If you missed any of that, go to youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Uh, later on in this hour, I will give you my prediction on how Kyrie Irving's return to the Nets in the NBA is going to go. I have a crystal ball on this one. I think I'm going to be spot on on this one. I don't even need my magic eight ball for this. He's back tonight. He is indeed. So we'll hit on that. And more of your phone calls at 844-204-RICH-NEVER-TALL. But when you're uh, one of our favorites uh, on this program and uh, your information is top-notch, which is why you're one of our favorites, and uh, your information is that... uh, the head coach, my guy, at my alma mater, is thinking of leaving. Uh, that earns you a trip to the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> and kindly, Bruce Feldman of the uh, Athletic and Fox Sports is uh, okay. How are you, Bruce Feldman? How are you doing today, sir? Happy New Year, Rich. Good to be on with you. Happy New Year to you, sir, as well. All right, what gives? What's going on? <laughs> what do you know? What do you know here with Harbaugh in Michigan? What's well, uh, we started hearing that there was some rumblings that the talk about Jim Harbaugh possibly going back to the NFL, I was told by uh, multiple sources, is very real, that there would be interest. Uh, now, where would he go? So we know that he started his coaching career actually with the Raiders. Uh, I was told he has a really good relationship with Mark Davis, the owner there. Uh, they have a quarterback, which is obviously, a, you know, for anybody who's looking at coaching jobs, that is, that is a big piece of it. 
Um, and then as a couple of people I talked to over the last 48 hours, you know, kind of detailed, it was like, look, the timing might be very good here for Jim Harbaugh. He just led Michigan to its first Big Ten title in almost 20 years. He obviously whooped the arch rival, Ohio State. That was a big piece. It was like, you know what? He hasn't won a national title, but he is he has accomplished a lot in the past year. And if he really wants to go back to the NFL, this might be an ideal situation. In addition, there's another franchise that he knows very well that he has some, from what I'm told, some really positive feelings towards people there, and that's in Chicago with the Bears. So there's some. I think it's not just the timing of where what Jim Harbaugh has accomplished if he's if he's tempted by going back to the NFL, but it's also some of the potential fits that are out there that I think might be very tough for him to pass up. Now, obviously, uh, we're not outing your sources here, but I, I need to know um, why wouldn't this be uh, a, a play potentially to restore the money that was removed by Michigan based on the circumstances of the previous years and last year alone? Why wouldn't this be one of those proverbial college football money plays, Bruce? Uh, Rich, I think it has a lot to do with just does he really want to go back to the NFL? He's 58. Uh, he was, you know, unlike a lot of college coaches who have gone to the NFL, he was really successful. So it's not like, oh, yeah. how's this going to work out? I think, you know, what happened with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, I think, was a gut punch to a lot of college coaches who have no NFL experience. Well, Jim Harbaugh has a lot of it, both as a player and assistant and then as a successful head coach. So I think the timing on that, look, the money he earned in, in the incentive bonuses because they yeah, gave back. made the playoff. Yeah, he ended up giving it back to to uh, to staffers at Michigan who got squeezed or laid off in the wake of the pandemic. So I don't think you know this is this is really a money situation as much as it is is the timing ideal and is that something where. I want to be at. I mean, you talk to anybody who has coached in college and in the NFL, and they will talk about what a grind being a college coach is because, at least in the NFL, your offseason, you have an offseason. In college, it's constant recruiting, and there's also, you know, the portal has made it so much more chaotic uh, how that kind of cycle now is. So I think for for any coach, I think the idea of looking at an NFL opportunity, if it's a good one, I think it'd be very tempting, especially the timing. You and I talked a lot about Jim Harbaugh being an ultimate competitor. And before this year, how would he leave Michigan knowing I didn't finish the job? I mean, he, he thumped the arch rival. He won the big 10 title. I mean, that is, those are, those are big accomplishments. The question is, is he ready? I mean, at the same time, he also said after he won those games and even after they lost to Georgia was like he feels like it's a beginning. question is, it's a beginning to what? I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he stayed. It also definitely would not surprise me if he ended up he ended up going to the Raiders or going back to the NFL. Bruce Feldman here on the Rich Eisen Show. And look, you know, uh, my ears to the ground, and I think you and I have had conversations. He, he, he probably, you know, he's got his guy and – what is it, Hecker, right? Who who would be his his uh, his his player personnel guy? Like he he if he gets to bring his people, right, and his setup, then then he he, he would go for the right situation. That if he wants to go back to the NFL, like and and 
And, you know, tires have been kicked on him. He on, he on other people throughout the, his tenure at Michigan, I've heard as well. And I don't hold it against him at all, man. I mean, like, this is, this is the way things go in reality. So I ask this next question, hoping your answer is no. Is, is, is part of what you're hearing and the conversations that you're hearing about his level of interest, the fact that he looked across the field and he saw what Georgia and the 45-star recruits looks like and knows what the gap is between his current situation and what he's bringing in and how much he'd need to work a transfer portal and work this and work that. And I'm not saying he's not a hard worker. The man's the king of grinding. But just knowing the difference and, and would he maybe want to use his, his success now to just go to the NFL now based on the gap that we just saw in the Orange Bowl? I don't have the, uh, you know, a real answer to that, to be honest. The one thing I, you know, like I would say to that, though, is Ohio State has a ton of four- and five-star players, and they beat them. Now, m- most of them seem like they were on offense. Well, I just I, I, I have to, I have to interrupt you, Bruce. You used the word thumped before. I prefer that more than beat. Can you continue to use uh, emphatic language <laughs> like that when you refer to that win, please? Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But the, the reality is, like, Ohio State – recruits more like Alabama and Georgia than Michigan and the rest of the you know top 25 have and they won that game now look it's you know there's a lot of circumstances that go into it I find it hard to believe that Jim Harbaugh would look at it and go I just you know I see we're yeah we beat Ohio State but we're a ways away from beating Georgia you know like I don't, I don't think that would factor into his decision, to be honest. I really think it was like the timing. To be a college coach, to be anywhere as a coach right now for, for more than six years. And remember, Jim Harbaugh had never been anywhere for very long as a coach. You know, so I, that's, again, I'm not saying he's leaving tomorrow. We don't know how things are going to play out with the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders could make a playoff, and who knows, maybe Bisaccia will lead them, lead them on, a, on a run to the Super Bowl. You know, but the way some of this stuff is shaping up, some of the conversations I've had with people who are who know him, who are around him, who also are you know plugged in to to his situation as well as the NFL situation with the Raiders and a few other places, um, I think it's a I think it's really the, it's one to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. Bruce Feldman here on the Rich Eisen Show, Fox Sports and the Athletic. Um, the transfer portal now in the world of the NIL, now that we've got a full year of NIL, of playing season NIL, I mean, uh, under our belts, is anything different? Because, you're, you know, we had, we had um, Lane Kiffin on, and he was lamenting the lack of institutional um, guardrails in the NCAA about players and where they're going. And we just saw... Uh, prime take the top recruit uh, in all the land and bring him to an HBCU in Jackson, Mississippi and take him away from Tallahassee as well, even though he told me on the show I didn't take him. He didn't belong to them. And I don't know. That was just a great conversation with Dion. I'm just what the general sense of things, you know, with Caleb Williams going in and maybe losing his gig in Oklahoma while he went in to the portal. I mean, what what is going on, your general sense of everything in it, college football right now. It's just a it's a lot of volatility in terms of I think there's a couple of things to separate. They're connected, but the NIL stuff, I think when Caleb Williams jumped in the portal, I think a lot of people immediately assume this is going to be go to the highest bidder. Now, I know of some situations that are not related to Caleb Williams where there's a couple of big time transfers who it sounds like that is exactly what's happening. 
from what I've heard from both coaches and people around Caleb Williams was that this is more who who do I think can de- give me the best chance to be developed so I can hit the ground running when I get to the NFL in two years and be the most prepared. Um, and I don't know how confident he and the people you know he listens to were with the new system there that Jeff Levy was coming in, the new offense coordinator at Oklahoma. Um, now, is that going to be back with Lincoln Riley at, at USC? Obviously, Lincoln Riley's developed three starting NFL quarterbacks now between Baker, Jalen Hurts, and Kyler Murray. I mean, that would seem like the most likely fit. I know there's other people who are gonna who are gonna take a big swing to try to get them and make their case. But I think when it comes back to the the part that's really interesting as we're talking about the portal, think about it this way. So the guy who ended up jumping to OU, uh, Dylan Gabriel, was a wildly successful quarterback at UCF. He had gotten in the portal. He committed to UCLA. He was supposed to start classes at UCLA on Monday. At some point, Monday afternoon, when Jan- when uh, when Caleb Williams announces he's going in the portal, then all of a sudden, hey, Oklahoma might need a quarterback. By the way, the, the system that Oklahoma now runs, um, that's one that Dylan Gabriel played in at UCF. Dylan Gabriel did not show up at, you know in his classes at UCLA. Instead, he 180'd it, and now will be expected to be the quarterback at OU. And so in this process now, you have a lot of guys who have basically gone through the recruiting process, but now they've gone through and they've gone evaluated in real college football. So you have a lot of players who are weighing their options almost constantly. And I think so it's kind of set you know, depth charts into chaos because of it. And I think there's just a lot of moving parts to this. Like I said, because of the NIL aspect of it, because of so much uncertainty, and I think for a lot of coaches now, they're going to probably recruit as heavily off the portal, if not more, to kind of restock their 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 depth charts because I think they don't know as much about the unproven commodities of college recruits as they're coming out of high school. And that's the part that I think is way different. You're going to see a lot less high school players, I think, probably get offered because people are going to have to save room for all the movement that's going on with the free agency from the yeah. actual college players in the portal. Yeah, didn't Dion say twenty uh, percent of his process is just is, is high school recruits? Not, I think that's what he said. He said he had. 40%. And I think that's not that's not that uncommon. Texas State hired you know hired Texas State landed and signed no high school players last year. I mean, they wanted to go all in on the portal, and I think you're seeing that more and more huh. where you can have guys who are like, okay, th- why, why would I, you know, kind of, if you have an NIL deal lined up, wouldn't you rather have the guy who's the proven commodity than some guy who is, like, evaluated as a four-star guy, but you really don't know what you're getting until they've actually done it in the games. So... I think everybody's honestly is looking out for their, you know, can they get their next, their Joe, their own version of Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was a program changer for LSU. It worked out great. And I think everybody's hoping that, that they're going to find some version of that. And coaches don't like this because they, 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 they can't count on a four-year commitment from anybody signing a letter of intent anymore. Is that what it is? Yeah, or? And I, yes. And I think it screws up the power dynamic as it is because now the players have way more power than the coaches are comfortable with. A lot of coaches, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying all, but a bunch of coaches were uncomfortable with the NIL because they thought it was going to change the power structure of how their relationships are. So and, outside of somebody like Nick Saban who wins every year and whose facilities are off the charts, 
and whose uh, track record of turning kids out for the NFL uh, professionally is uh, without uh, question. Who? What's the type of coach that succeeds in this world? Like, who, like, is it prime? I mean, it, that's what I'm saying. Like somebody who knows how to talk to kids, who also knows how to lay down the law for kids, is respected by kids, um, can can work the transfer portal, can also create some spot where there's enough buzz, where there's NIL money that you can say, I can't guarantee it, but you will have the opportunity if you ball out to get it. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, who who is the... This is fascinating to me. I mean, like, because it sure ain't, doesn't sound like Urban Meyer, you know, like the Iron Fist, let's this sort of thing, or like Ryan Day even lost a, a kid out of his uh, quarterback room, right? I mean, so uh, I'm just yeah, trying. Yeah, I to- mean, I think on the on the Ryan Day part of it, I think so much is like, look, they lost Alabama's best receiver, the best receiver in the SEC, Jamison Williams. He wasn't really getting on the field at at Ohio State because they were so loaded in that receiver room. So right. I, I think. You know, there are some circumstances that are that way. I, I think what is going to play best is the guys who have the track record, not only with transfers, but of developing players for the NFL. That's ultimately what they wanted. I mean, look, for a, for a, a window, LSU had that where they were able to go into the portal, whether it was, whether it was Joe Burrow or, you know, the best kicker that they ever had, or, you know, they're getting players because they see it worked. Well, then all of a sudden, it, after a while, it gets stale. And it's like, I think people are looking for where is the best fit for me? And if a coach can sell somebody on, hey, this worked out great for that guy, I think then it starts. Because right now, I think everything is so so tailored to what is the depth chart? What is the, what is the plan you have for me? Right. And so, you know, I would expect Lincoln Riley because his roster is a mess. You know, what he inherited is not a good situation. They were a bad team. They are going to be selling the heck out of their NIL opportunities. I know USC is doing that. You have a coach who's who's developed a lot of NFL players now and there's opportunity. I am sure they are, you know, they're going to be all in on making uh, the portal an attractive spot for people to come out of there to go to USC. I mean, look across town. UCLA has actually done that. You know, there's a running back who turned out to be a star from UCLA who started out at your alma mater. Um, Zach Charbonnet turned out to be a terrific player. We've seen them do that a lot where it's like, hey, we want a guy who's, who's maybe more mature and ready for another chance. And a lot of, quite honestly, a lot of kids – maybe come back if they didn't start out, you know, if they were high school kids from Southern California, maybe they went someplace else and maybe they're looking to come back home again. So I think what, you know, the LA schools are definitely in the big market. And I think they've actually, you know, kind of managed it pretty well to this point of how they're trying to sell it to kids. Last question for you, Bruce Feldman. Uh, I'm going to ask you the question that I, I'm sure a lot of my uh, friends and fellow alums would want to know the answer to. If Harbaugh does get that NFL opportunity the way that he wants it and he decides it's best for him and his family and he's he's had his run at Michigan and it ended uh, with a, 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 a one of the best seasons of, of – Michigan football I've had since uh, being there when he was uh, a senior in college in 1986. Who who would be the the next Michigan coach? What what's that list look like? Do you think? You, you know, I would think they will talk to both coordinators who have done a really good job. They're but they're younger guys. Both Josh, Josh Gaddis won the 
who won the, the uh, Broyles Award as the nation's top assistant. He's the OC, and Mike McDonald did a terrific job as a defensive coordinator. If they did not feel like those guys were ready to be the head coach at Michigan, I would think they would look at a Bill O'Brien who has coached in the Big Ten. He's Alabama's OC, obviously you know, well-versed you know, have, from his time at Nick, under Nick Saban now, but also in the NFL and around Belichick. I think he would be attracted to them. I could see them being attracted to Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Um, then you get, get into the question of, like, would a guy like Matt Rule, who is really struggling in two years with the Panthers, would he go, you know what, maybe I'm going to get ahead of the posse, and this would be a really good job to jump on. He obviously did a, did a tremendous job at Baylor rebuilding that program. I would think those are the guys that I think that that Michigan would would start out looking at. Mm. Do you think that's going to happen? Honestly, what do you think? I, I honestly think it's it's fifty fifty right now. I really think wow. it's that that much of a real thing. That much of a real thing, Bruce Feldman. Appreciate the time. Appreciate it, sir. Always a pleasure, Rich. Thanks for having you. Me. Got it, Bruce Feldman at Bruce Feldman CFB. I follow him on Twitter. You should too. Your phone calls, 844-204-RICH, also still to come. My prediction, I think I'm going to be spot on on how the Kyrie Irving return is going to happen in the NBA. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show on this busy Wednesday. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take some phone calls <laughs> Hold here. Hold on, someone just tweeted me. What? Would you want Urban as your next coach? No, <laughs> no, that's funny. People think it's funny. <laughs> that is what do you mean? Funny. Guy's like one of the best college coaches ever. Urban Meyer wouldn't last two seconds on the campus at Ann Arbor, Michigan. Not two seconds. <laughs> Why? His first press conference, by the time that was over, it would be finished. And it would never happen. All right. 
So that's you know what? It, it's more likely for the Chargers and Raiders to take knees for three and a half hours. Let's go uh, to the phone lines right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, Elliot in Kansas has been hanging on for two hours. Thanks for doing that, Elliot. What's going on in your mind, sir? Hey, uh, if you're the Seahawks, and I don't want to name names, but it rhymes, rhymes with uh, Rob Schneider, how do you get rid of Russell over Pete Carroll? Oh, God. A Hall of Fame quarterback? It's just, the, you know what's I mean, sounded crazy? My... Is it, 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 does that appear to be the 1,000% conventional wisdom that Pete and Russ do not get along, yes. they will not be able to coexist another season, and that there's no way so. to run this thing back in Seattle. And and I'd, that's the way it works right now, and it's going to be a, a Schneider's choice at the end of this run here. It's either Pete or Russ, that Russ will not want to stay even though he's got multiple years left on his contract and a no-trade clause, and that Pete's going to demand a new quarterback or he won't be able to coexist. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like that that's the yeah, general think, sense of this thing. And I don't think it needs to be one or the other by any means. Well, uh, that, and that's but but you you're supposing what I I think everybody is supposing. I get the sense that this this run is over. I do get that sense. I do feel that way when I'm watching it. But when but when it all comes down to it though, man, you know, what what are you going to do? Like like who's going to be your quarterback, right? Or, who, and who's going to be your coach? Like who does Russ want? Go get Tim Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, yes. How uh, previous caller mentioned uh, Rogers' markability. He's way off. He is so markable, isn't he? But dude, he's still. Tell me where he's been canceled. Honestly, where has who? the man been canceled? Where? Who? Like, does, if Aaron Rodgers called any radio show right now, any television show right now, and said, I heard he's what on. you said about me, I'd like to come on and refute you, who's going to say, I, I, I can't have you on because you're, you're just too toxic, man? Who? <laughs> not a, what, not what talk show? What talk show would not, and thanks for the call, what, honestly, Maybe. what talk show would say, I don't want you on, I can't have you on? We just can't. Can't have you on, won't have you on. Now, he may what, not go on what, certain shows because of, of course, the questions. Of course, because it's his be choice. Because right. he's got the ability to pick and choose where he wants to go. Yeah. Uh, uh, has any well, the local hospital broke ranks with him? Because you know, if you're a healthcare outfit yeah. saying, "Come get vaccinated because we need you vaccinated," and he's like, "I'm taking horse medicine because Joe Rogan told me," you know that. Kind of is a deal breaker with the local hospital. Yeah, I know it's not horse medicine. I'm <laughs> I'm just clearly making a point here. There's one version of it that is. Uh, okay. Uh, let's go to. I love this a Hammer in the Bronx. Uh, <laughs> what's going up, Hammer? Hey, Rich. How are you? What's going on? First time caller. Huge fan of you. You know what, Hammer, you didn't have to tell me your first time caller. I don't remember the last Hammer that called other than uh, Hank Goldberg. There's the only Hammer that's called. So, What's on your mind? I will, I'll, I'll do the plug real quickly before I get into what I was going to talk about. I'm a Raider content creator. You can check me out on uh, Hammer's House on YouTube and Hammer's.house on uh, IG. All right. I was talking to my guys about this a couple of weeks ago in regards to this head coach search for the Raiders. 
I had a 1A and a 1B in Kellen Moore and Byron Leftwich. I was kind of iffy about Harbaugh and then had to retract my statement not too long ago. Just seeing the numbers in regards to win percentage in both college and the NFL, his pro-style offense would be perfect for Derek Carr. He already made a really good quarterback out of Colin Kaepernick, but we know how things panned out for him. I think if he came to Vegas, he would be the answer, especially depending on who he brings in as his coordinators. I think he could definitely improve Carr, even from as good as he did last year, and make us more competitive the next two, three years. What do you think? I, I Look, I think Jim had an incredible run uh, in San Francisco, uh, and thanks for the call. Uh, I, I think he'll be successful at any spot that, that, that brings him in, and he's got a quarterback that can do their thing. And, you know, uh, his run in San Francisco was remarkable. Remarkable. Uh, I, I just, you know, prefer not to see him go. I'd love to see him hoist the national championship with Michigan. That would just be incredible. Brockman says it's impossible, so I'm, uh, my dream is dashed. You know, I, I, honestly, I you know, I I don't know. I think he'll be successful wherever he wants to go. And if he stays at Michigan, that would be you know a lot. It's always more interesting with him there. And obviously, look, man, yeah. With the exception of last year when they went two and four in that awful season. You know, weird year, they they won they they won way more often than not. It's just those games against Michigan State and Ohio State have been very frustrating. And you know, you don't have to go into tenure. Tenure this year was incredible, and this year they they were stacked. Yeah. They were way more stacked than in other years too. The recruiting is getting better. Also, and I the think, coaching staff was improved. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a huge factor. He went super young uh, and and progressive and innovative in the coaching staff, and I think you really saw that you know bear fruit this year. I don't know where Vaughn's from. He's didn't see. He's not shown up on my. Uh, it's line three. Vaughn, you're on the Rich Eisen show. Where are you? Where are you calling in from, Vaughn? Hi, I'm from uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm you calling on stuff. the New, on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, actually. But uh, oh. I, got, I got two options for you. Yes, sir. I got um, one. I could talk about how Tom Brady's actually going to be the should be the MVP <laughs> this year. Well, Vaughn, that's or what I want to hear. Both about the Eagles. And their miraculous run down the line here. Well, by the way, the the, the Eagles are seven and two since Nick Sirianni's watering and fertilizing oh, speech. Oh, really? How about that? Oh, absolutely. They won seven of nine after he asked. He told his players they're putting down roots here, and they're asking him, "Have you watered or fertilized today?" Which, as you know, we 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 we, we had some hay with here on this program. With yeah, him. I would say also that uh, two Jalen Rager drop touchdown passes away from eight eight of nine. Yeah, hey man, they they have made an incredible run, and I love seeing Jalen Hurts do this thing. I just love it. I love it, love it, love it. So what's your Brady take? My Brady take. I think I think the the Rodgers thing, it, it's not as much, honestly, the um, the vaccination thing, the thing. I, th- I honestly think that uh, Rodgers down the stretch had a couple of uh, – Packers had a couple of close games could have easily lost uh, on Christmas to the yeah. Browns when Baker had four turnovers. Right, the Raven and Tyler um, Johnson. Tyler Johnson went crazy, and you know, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. The, the kid from um, the kid from the the Ravens went crazy. The yeah, Ravens, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Tyler Huntley. Yeah, I mean, so well, I I hear you, and uh, thanks and, for the... and also like I I think the the one big thing against Brady is this is this big loss, obviously, to the Saints. 
Um, but the but Packers also had their that, the Packers had their clunker in Week One, so you right. know. And, and I appreciate. I don't understand. Uh, it's the same equal. In, in the win column, it's one loss. You know. It's no, no, I know, and I appreciate the call and drive safe there on the on the uh, Pennsylvania Turnpike. Look, this is what the MVP race and the conversation about MVP is always, always the eye of the beholder. Always, always, always the eye of the beholder. Is it most uh, outstanding player? Is it most valuable? He's got to be valuable. Let's take this guy off the team, and are they where they are? Well, both Brady and Rodgers <laughs> checked those boxes. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Brady got shut out by the Saints. Week one was an abomination for yeah. the Packers. Against the Saints. They got smoked. So they've each had their clunkers. Okay. Brady's pulled out wins and, you know, so the Packers squeaked by the Browns and the Ravens. Uh, It's just who has been off the charts incredible. Both of them have been. Both of them have been terrific. It's in the eye of your beholding, Rodgers or Brady. You can't go wrong with either 12. If Brady winds up winning the MVP award. Deserves it. If Rodgers winds up winning he the MVP award, you can't sit here and say that the way Rodgers treated his fan base in the offseason and the way that he didn't he withheld his services and wasn't there for his team and lying about his vaccination status to the media, not to the Packers in the NFL. I mean, they knew that that's discounting him for being the MVP is absurd and plays into Rodgers' sense that he's put out there that he's, with his approach to inoculation and what have you, places him on the altar of being canceled by the woke mob, which he has not been. Best that I can tell. It's so absurd and just damages the vote in such a way that I don't know how it can be repaired. And I'm just glad it's just one out of 50. One out of 50. Is he the best player on the field? Do you think Jonathan Taylor's better? Great. Do you think Brady's better? Great. Are you bringing in stuff outside of the football? Absurd. Absurd. Rodgers had one of the best campaigns following up an MVP award Ever. Since far. far Ever. Far from three and you could even say that he, with his stances in the offseason, placed that in jeopardy. And even with all that, he came in and had that clunker in week one, lending credence to all the people who said he's placed it in jeopardy with his offseason stances. How bad, how freezing cold is that week one take that Rodgers looked like he didn't care? People were joking, half joking, that he was tanking to get back at the Packers front office. How freezing cold of a take is that? So cold that it's forgotten. Well, that was there. He was there. Crazy thing, too, about Brady. And and even with all that, he's been off the charts since then. What were you saying? Crazy thing, too, about Brady. He's 44 years old. Uh, he's just, and he's going to have his best statistical season since 2007. 
He's going to be over 5,000 yards. He leads the NFL in completions, attempts, yards, and touchdowns. It's unbelievable. It is. There's no other put In two years with the Bucks, at age 43 and 44, including the playoffs, he's thrown 90 touchdowns. Crazy. With the playoffs and a regular season game to go. We'll take a break. Kyrie Irving returns tonight uh, for the New Jersey Nets that he used to love that now plays in Brooklyn. Uh, if it was in New Jersey, he might be able to play, huh? Hey. I'll tell you how it's going to go. <laughs> Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, so Kyrie Irving is going to be playing an NBA basketball game tonight for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, the Nets are flat out, obviously, in the Eastern Conference mix. I mean, they got Harden and they got Durant, and um, but they don't have that championship feeling that obviously you're going to get with Kyrie Irving out there. That's the good stuff. Those are the three guys that you can get out there. Now, as we know... Uh, Kyrie Irving um, says that he will not get vaccinated. Now, um, the last time we kind of heard from him was through Shams Charania, um, the uh, top-notch reporter of the NBA, Mm -hmm. who said that he was planning on giving voice to the voiceless. And since then, we pretty much haven't heard his voice (laughs) at all. And the Nets made a statement on the outset of the season that the idea of him playing only on the road and not at home wasn't really workable for them. Wasn't workable for them. Because as we all know, New York City has a mandate that you have to be vaccinated to be in public settings like Barclays Center. Prove vaccinations. You got to do. Can't test your way and you got to be vaccinated. So that leaves him the option of only playing on the road. The Nets said that was not workable for them. Now it's workable for them. Or I guess the way that Kyrie was saying that he would only do it. Might not have been workable for them. Maybe Kyrie did some sort of change that made it workable for the Nets. Or the realization that they need him even half the time, right, to play in order to win a championship. And the fact that they're going to look great or or at least more cohesively on the road and then at home they'll just have to do without him, that that up and down clear you know, unique way of going about their business, they'll they'll just deal with it. They'll deal with it. And you take a look at their schedule. I have it here in front of me. So tonight they're in Indiana, and they'll have a good look-see at Kyrie, and then he'll have to go away until 
they play at Portland on the 10th because they got two home dates, and then they're at Chicago. Just to give you an idea of how it's going to be in and out, um, they've got uh, back-to-back home games on the 13th and 15th. Then they're on the road for four straight games. So they're going to really get yeah. some All right. something working. And then two at home and then five on the road. One at home and two on the road. One at home and one at the Knicks, which we assume he won't be able to play at the Knicks either, right? Right. So you're getting an idea of, like, we're going to see it, we're going to not see him, and then we're going to see him, we're not going to see him. And here's the way my prediction's going to go. I'll shoot you straight, which is a phrase I like to say here. Mm. Pew, pew. Kyrie's going to ball out. He's going to look like Kyrie Irving. It's going to be terrific. And he's going to play very well. He's going to play like Kyrie Irving because he's Kyrie Irving. He's one of the best players in the NBA. Yes. Okay. Which is why they're willing to have him in the nut. Kyrie Irving's going to ball out. And then when he plays at home, team won't look as good. Team won't look as well. And it's going to, he's going to be playing well enough for the Nets to not be top seed, right around the top seed. And soon the story about him not playing at home because he won't take the vaccine is going to flip. And it's going to be about New York needing to change its mandate so the Nets can win a championship. And it's no longer going to be the focus on Kyrie Irving and his decision to not take the vaccine. It's going to be about the vaccine mandate being unfairly placed upon him by New York City. And it's going to be about New York's choice to make sure he doesn't play and how unfair that is. And if you think I'm wrong, just take a look what's happening right now with Novak Djokovic, who as of this moment, right now, is sitting on a tarmac in Australia where he was invited by the Australian Open to come play and defend his title despite him being unvaccinated and the country of Australia being in so many lockdowns and so many people not able to come back into their own country because of the strict COVID violation, uh, uh, rules that are there and the lockdowns that are there, they're outraged, many of the people in Australia, that he's not going to be uh, held to the same standard. He's has a medical exemption, and the folks in Australia want to know what medical exemption there is. Even the prime minister of the, the country's uh, high exalted ruler wants to know what his medical exemption is because he, he can't prove it. doesn't matter what the Australian Tennis Association says. They're going to send him back out on the last plane. He's sitting on a tarmac right now for six straight hours. His dad's losing his mind and saying, tweeting that they're going to fight on the streets. And so I'm showing right now on the screen a Daily Beast tweet about it. And this is what I'm saying. World number one tennis player Novak Djokovic has reportedly been refused entry to Australia following a national outpouring of rage over his vaccine, his vaccine mandate exemption. It's unclear what Djokovic can now do to enter Australia. <laughs> says this tweet. And so the media tweets, and I understand it could be some recent college graduate or millennial or, or somebody who's a you know a longtime veteran of media tweets that out. It's not clear what he can do to enter Australia, huh? <laughs> he could take the vaccine. That is pretty clear to me. It's his choice not to, but it's also by his choice not to something that puts him in a position to face a consequence for it. 
And I'm telling everybody, I'm telling everybody what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving. It's going to be, well, why is there a mandate to prevent him from playing when him playing is the best way for the Nets to bring a championship to New York? So New York's mandate is preventing New York from having a championship. They should make an exception for Kyrie. And the media is going to start covering it as such, as opposed to saying, well, wait a minute. The rules are in New York as such. Kyrie won't do what's necessary to play under those rules. So it's his choice. This is coming. This is coming. I'm telling you it's coming. Maybe not right now because... Omicron is so off the charts right now that nobody, you know, I'm sure there are many people. Uh, look, I see everything on Twitter where the general sense is, you know, the mandate in a town like New York is going to stay. The new mayor said it's going to stay. I'm telling you, this is coming. Why in the world would somebody, you know, for a major publication like the Daily Beast tweet out, it's unclear what can be done. Oh, because we're just assuming He's not going to take the vaccine. It's not an option for him. He refuses to take it. And, you know, Australia's not budging, so we don't know what's going to happen. Well, guess what? There's an option. He could take the shot. It's what he could do. Unless there is some sort of medical exemption. If there was, there wouldn't be some sort of standoff at the airport, would there? The number one world's tennis player is at a, is is basically, you know, it's a Clooney movie right now. I was going to say, this is the worst Argo sequel. <laughs> well, Argo is he was trying to get out. He's trying to get in. Up in the air, part two. That's what I'm saying. He's up in the air. But he's down not. on the ground. He's, he's down on the ground. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But it's no longer going to be the focus on Kyrie's choice. It's going to be on what's being placed upon him. But he's going to ball out. Yeah. You know, he's going to get a chunk of time. He may not start tonight, apparently. And I can't wait to see what his post-game Zooms are going to be about. He won't talk. I don't know. He might. I don't know. Rodgers has clearly been very vocal about the reason why he won't do this. And and I'm sure his approach to what I'm saying right now would be, well, what, you know, why shouldn't we question the mandate? Science this and science that and Atlas shrugged and all that business. You know, so I just want to watch is, basketball. I know you, know you do. I, mean? like I, just, I know you do. Like, and I know, and, 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 and as you know, I've really avoided this subject a lot lately because we're just focusing on the other stuff too. Cause this this stuff that we're talking about, but when the nets don't play as well at home, and they lose games at home after we just saw how terrific they look with Kyrie on the road. This is coming, Chris. Yeah. It's coming, and it'll be all over news and cable news. It's coming. It's coming for the NBA, and I hope everybody's ready for it. I hope Kyrie's ready for it. I hope the Nets are ready for it because they took a stance before saying, yeah, we can't play this way, but now they're like, yeah, I guess we got to play this way. Yeah. It starts tonight in Indianapolis. 
I want to thank today's guests. I want to thank today's guests and Mike Florio, and I want to thank Daniel Jeremiah, and I want to thank Bruce Feldman as well, even though his information is disturbing. I thought you were going to thank Jim for his tenure at Michigan. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. There's a lot to play. There's a lot of games to be played in the NFL to see if there's an opportunity for him that he's interested in taking. Coming back in a moment on Peacock. Peacock. 